BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back to This One's a Doozy. I'm Kevin. And I'm Haley. We talk about stories of mystery, true crime, and folklore of the unusual, unsettling, and oftentimes unsavory goings-on of our world today, yesterday, and long ago. Do you ever get like a little bit bashful when you're introducing the show or yourself? (laughs) Right now I do. (laughs) (laughs) I had like a moment there where I was like, why did I say it like that? And I'm Haley. Don't mind me. I'm just over here. It's like a whisper into the void. Yeah, as if this isn't the 60th time that we've done this. <laughs> it's like, why did I do that? I was looking for confirmation that uh-huh. that maybe that was like a normal thing to do after you've done this yeah. more than 60 times. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Eventually you're like, and you know who I am. That's, that would be a little bit... Uh, no, that's not a me. A little bit arrogant, right. Me being like a nerd cowering in the corner is more like me. That, that sounds about right. <laughs> a little wallflower action. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, speaking of, 60th episode. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That is so crazy. It's if fun. you would have told me when we started this thing that we would make it to 60, I would have said probably at least. So this is not a surprise so not to you at all. not a surprise to me at all. <laughs> This is exactly what I had anticipated. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but we did made think, it. Did you think we'd do this many episodes already? I don't think that I really had a concept for it one way or the other. I think it was just like, okay, we're making a podcast. This is the thing that we do now. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's... So yes and no, I suppose. Fair. Fair. It's It seems like a crazy number. It does. Honestly, More than halfway cool. to 100. Yeah. It's crazy. No. 60% of the way there. 60% Don't of the ask time. me how I did that quick math because... <laughs> Not a mathematician. 
You're, None of these jokes honestly, are funny and nobody's going to think it's funny and that's okay. <laughs> well, we, we can bring everybody back into the fold by asking the question that I hear most often from friends and family mm-hmm. when we run into each other at the store. What are you drinking? Okay. Uh, so I am, so Monday, mm-hmm. just to look backtrack. We did our Patreon exclusive episode. That was a wild one. And we really kicked it off strong with me forgetting to bring a drink and you (laughs) picking water. Mm -hmm. And I promised the patrons over there that I would do something a little bit more exciting for Thursday to like make up for it. So I did a little amaretto Dr. Pepper. Nice. Yeah, it's super good. What did you, what did you pick? I decided to go with a cherry Pepsi and whiskey. Jim Beam to be specific. It's good. Uh, I ran out of Jim Beam while pouring this drink, so uh, I am a little light on that. Okay, but that's 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 okay. So it's a lot more cherry Pepsi than I used to. (laughs) Sure, (laughs) but sure, it's good. That's fair. Yeah, classic. Well, not classic, but it fits in the realm of classic because it's just a dark soda and whiskey. Yeah, with a little twist. Little little, little bonus twist. Yeah. So what do you have for us by way of a feel-good fact this week, my love? Okay, so the name for a group of kittens is a Kindle, while the name for a group of adult cats is a clouder. What? Yeah. <laughs> I always just called them all them cats over there. Mm-hmm. And a Kindle is a yeah, are kittens. Mm-hmm. Clouder are adults. That's, yeah. I feel like clouder would be that's, that's that's a terrible word. That's eh? a very I don't strange like that word. word. And I, but I feel like someone was like, we can't just say a cloud of cats. Like we have to like make it sound a little bit more. But it's with a W, like chowder. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, I don't like it. A clouder of cats or chowder of cat. I think actually, was, I would I would prefer to chowder of cats, though that wouldn't have made any sense at all. Neither does clouder, though. <laughs> pretty sure. Pretty sure neither makes sense, but. For whatever reason, the the Kindle was cute to me. That one is cute. That was really cute. And I was like, aw. And then I felt like I needed to follow it up with the name of adult cats. Fair. A group of adult cats. That's fair. So I kind of, we ended on a low note. So yeah, the feel good (laughs) was the first half. Yeah. Second half makes you go, eh. Yeah. What is our our oldest just started saying? Meh. She says meh and whatever blows your hair back. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my two favorite things that she says. When she when she critiques something that she's kind of indifferent towards, she's go, yeah, it was just kind of meh. And she like pauses to like wind up for the meh. It's just a meh. Oh, the joy of of teenagers. Uh huh. Exactly. All right. Well, my dear, what do you have for us this week? Before we get into the story, oh, okay. I wanted to make a quick little announcement. So our poll for April giving is up over on our Patreon. Mm. Each month, subscribers on Patreon not only help to support our quest to produce more content, but help support our ultimate goal of being able to give to organizations that lift up and work directly with victims of violent crime yeah. through resources, advocacy, etc., Every single patron has the opportunity to vote for which organization we will support, and every vote and every monthly gift you give to our show is so, so helpful. Mm. So if you're interested in getting in on that, head on over to patreon.com slash doozypod or follow the link in our Instagram and Facebook bios to get in on that. Yeah. And so without further ado, let's get into today's story. Let's do it. 
Tucked in the Santa Ana Mountains in the heart of Orange County, California, lies a legendary location with a dark and storied past. Black Star Canyon has a general reputation for boasting beautiful and challenging hiking and biking trails while also being a dog and family friendly spot. Visitors to the canyon can expect to see Native American ruins, dense lush greenery, glorious sandstone cliffs, a waterfall, and plenty of wildlife. But for centuries, Black Star Canyon has been attached to disturbing and mysterious tales about everything from UFO sightings to strange cryptid sightings, as well as dark cult rituals, hauntings, and the list goes on. Wow. Today, we're going to look at the history and mysteries of the Black Star Canyon. But brace yourself for this one, Kev, because this one's a doozy. Okay. Yes, let's go. This is so it sounds like just to just to uh, maybe summarize. Sure. This is going to be more about a place than an event or a person or people. I mean, no, no, not lots of stories in a place. It's about lots of things that happened in the same place. Mm hmm. For like a long period of time mm-hmm. and the kind of after effects of those things taking okay. place. Okay. Okay. So they sense? kind of tie together a little bit. Yes. So it's a, it's almost just a long storied history. Mm-hmm. You can, you use those exact words. But. I did. It's almost <laughs> like exactly what you said. <laughs> yes, but, it is. But now, now that makes more sense yeah. to me because, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, we've done some uh, spooky places, haunted spots, right? Yeah. And the stories don't really connect to each other, but this one it sounds like they do. I think they do. Okay, okay. I'll let you be the judge of that. That's fair. Okay, okay. So Black Star Canyon is a six point seven mile long trail located near the town of Silverado in the foothills of Orange County that you can travel via hiking or mountain biking. Hmm. Located in the low point of the Cleveland National Forest, the location is part of the Irvine Ranch Conservancy, which oversees over 40,000 acres of natural scenery and seeks to steward and protect the land and preserve its beauty. The trail begins on Black Star Canyon Road and starts out as a three-mile hike that will land you at a dirt road that leads to Black Star Creek towards the falls that are accessible for anyone willing and able to scale some rough terrain. Overall, though, the trail gives visitors and locals alike the opportunity to observe some of the most stunningly beautiful sights that Southern California has to offer. During the day, it's a pretty busy, for the most part, pretty busy location, and you're bound to run into more people enjoying the views and the trek. But at night, the serene beauty is replaced with a looming menace, which many believe is due to the troubling history of the land. Under Spanish control in the 1800s, the location was known as the Canyon of the Indians, as it had been home to various Native American tribes, such as the Tongva and the Shoshone peoples. Sensing the encroachment on the land by settlers and trappers, tensions were growing between Spanish and Mexican explorers and the Native Americans who had called the land home for many generations. This tension sets the stage for one of the most volatile stories coming out of Black Star. In 1831, a group of American fur trappers, led by William Wolfskill, arrived in the area from New Mexico. Before they made their journey in hopes of hunting and trapping, as well as purchasing land for cattle farming and other business ventures, Wolfskill actually had to obtain Mexican citizenship, which is a fun word to say, Hmm. in order to be able to purchase the land since only Mexican citizens were allowed to purchase the land at that time. 
Yeah. Which okay. I, thought, I thought that was like a little interesting yeah, technicality. Interesting. Mm-hmm. After their arrival to the Mission San Gabriel area in 1831, the group was informed of some troubles between the ranchers who were settled there and a group of Shoshone Native Americans. According to the ranchers, a band of Shoshone thieves had been coming in and stealing their horses, and they asked for Wolfskill's help in tracking them down. Given the fact that he was an extremely skilled tracker, the idea of tracking humans was kind of like an intriguing to hmm. Wolfskill, who readily agreed to help. Wolfskill and his group of men hiked from present-day Los Angeles and into Black Star in the area that would become Hidden Ranch, where they came across the camp of alleged horse snappers. Oh, wow. According yeah. to legend, the men sat in wait on the ridge, taking stock of the camp of the Shoshone people, taking note that this area appeared to have been settled by the tribe for generations. So, like, they'd been there for a while. Yeah. Based off of, like, the state of their camp. Unaware of their pursuers and armed with only bows and arrows, the Shoshone were ambushed by Wolfskill and his crew, and only a few members of the tribe survived the gun attack. According to some Mm. versions of the story, Wolfskill observed the Shoshone eating horse meat and potentially even eating human meat, which like eye roll, like he made that up. Okay. And so Wolfskill became an unsung hero for his attack on the tribe that would take upwards of 100 lives and would later be referred to as the Black Star Canyon Massacre. Some accounts also mention that not only did the group of Americans come in and slaughter the Shoshone people indiscriminately, leaving almost none of them alive, except Mm. for the lucky few who managed to flee to safety into the canyon, but that after the massacre had taken place, Wolfskill and crew desecrated and scattered the remains of their victims before they turned tail back to Mission San Gabriel. Hmm. Okay, so this is a story of... A lot of hearsay. A lot of hearsay. That resulted in a genocide. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. For people who were there first. Yeah. Just saying. So, okay. And that's, it's really concerning because there's clearly some racism. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, that's not, not like a, not to be blase about it, but it just is what it is. Like, to to say, man. The, the added details, like, the added details of saying that he saw them eating horse meat and possibly even human meat mm-hmm. just feels so on par with how many, like with many stories right. that we hear that like are completely unverified, like yeah. completely unverifiable statements. And I think that statements like that are used to create further divides between yeah. indigenous people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's really an unfair thing on top of the fact that they st- like blasted in guns blazing to basically weaponless Mm -hmm. unarmed. I mean, mostly unarmed bows and arrows aren't going to do anything against a bunch of guns. Yeah. Um, and they just killed men, women, children indiscriminately. Yeah. In their home. It's really just a, like a whole situation of just letting fear drive, drive the bus. And Mm -hmm. even in a lot of ways, really unreasonable fear, but yeah, They've just been caught up in the story of the West and mm-hmm. this whole thing where they've got to go and be, you know, warriors and gunslingers, gunslingers and all that. Yeah. yeah. And right. It's just very, yeah. It's sad. It is sad. <sighs> but okay. So before we can move on from this story, I have to make the disclaimer that there is dispute among historians if this is an accurate historical account because there's very little verifiable documentation of the incident. Hmm. But it is one of the key stories about the area, and so I felt like it was important to include it. 
Okay. Yeah. Wolfskill has long been a prominent figure in Southern California's history, and many are left questioning the integrity if the Black Star Canyon massacre is a true account. According to witnesses, over the course of many years, apparitions in traditional Shoshone garb can be seen wandering the canyon late at night, and the sounds of distant ceremonial drumming can be heard with no one nearby, Mm. perhaps as a sign that the blood spilled on the land has scarred it and left the fallen ones to search and seek revenge for their ruthless murders. Wow. Very intense. That is super intense. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And spooky. That's like, to be in that area... And to hear all that would be very jarring. And yeah. Like, honestly, paralyzing, I feel like. Totally. how I would react. Like, I don't even know where to go if I can't see where this is coming from. Right. Yeah. Oh. At the height of the mining boom in the 1870s, deposits of coal were discovered in Black Star somewhere around 1876. And within six months of the discovery, a man by the name of August Witt founded the Black Star Mining Company. Interestingly enough, the name Black Star Canyon was put in place after the mining company was instituted. Hmm. And so kind of like what we talked about with the Black Forest in Colorado, the name sounds ominous, Mm -hmm. but the origin of the name is pretty straightforward. (laughs) And then it just so happened that both locations ended up being very scary. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what are the odds of that? Yeah. So while the company wouldn't last super long, during the years that it was operational, the 900-foot mine shaft produced a haul of between 6 and 10 tons of coal each day. During this time, the area was not super populated by any stretch, but the mining company was almost exclusively employed by locals. As is the case in most, if not all, old-timey coal mining operations, accidents were an unfortunate part of the job. Mm. One of the more noteworthy incidents took place when an intoxicated person fell to his death down the mine shaft. Oh, jeez. It's unclear if the person was an employee of the mine, but either way, his death resulted in a lawsuit and the mining company ended up being cleared of all charges. Oh. So that's another potential Hmm. instance of like... Uh, lack of justice. Yes. Um, yeah. Just kind of stuff getting getting forgotten and or swept under the swept, rug. Yeah, that's the way. Better way of putting Safety it. Yeah. standards are probably not super high. I mean, we've already <laughs> seen that in the like Van Meter Visitor. Yeah. Episode, and we've. I mean, if you have ever taken a like American history class about coal <laughs> coal mines, yeah. <laughs> that whole chapter was just right. full of tragic, preventable workplace accidents. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Mm-hmm. There are reports of the sounds of distant screams and sightings of the apparitions near the mouth of the mine cave area, Mm. leading many to speculate that the mine itself has some level of haunting. Interesting. One of the other more famous incidents took place at a location in the canyon known as Hidden Ranch. Two brothers, Henry and Thomas Hungerford, were ranchers on the property, and they were part of the various, like a group of various men who Mm -hmm. came in and developed this portion of the land. Their neighbor from their Norwalk property, John, Mary, and Greg, leased a pasture for his cattle from the brothers. The problem was that Greg owed them money. Mm. On June 8th, 1899, Greg, his brother-in-law, Decatur Harris, Mm. and 13-year-old Clinton Hunt, I'm not sure if he's related or if he was a ranch hand, but the three of them made their way to Hidden Ranch to move Greg's cattle off of the pasture and to settle the $17.50 debt that Greg owed them. In today's money, that would equal somewhere around 650 ish dollars. So wow. it's like I've seen other numbers yeah. reported, like really high numbers. Like he owed them 
Like seventeen fifty was always the number mm-hmm. that he owed them, and then the inflation rate was nuts. People would be like, "In today's dollars, that's like ninety thousand dollars or sixty thousand dollars," but it's not. It's not. It's like six hundred. Yes, yeah, which is still significant, but it is. It's still money. And so, either way, not a crazy high amount. Yeah. So over the money, a fight broke out between Henry and Greg. Greg had offered to settle his $17.50 debt for $7.50, claiming that he was awaiting payment on a horse trade that he'd made with another local man. Henry was not thrilled about the offer, and so after a heated exchange, the brothers went into the home for bed while Greg and his crew decided to camp out in the yard for the night. And so, like, (laughs) I know this was a different time, but, like, everything I found on this part was so vague. Like, they really jumped from, like, point A Mm-hmm. To like point triangle with like <laughs> everyone is fighting to now everybody's going to bed. All right. Bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. Very. <laughs> it's very weird. But anyways, as the morning of June 9th rolled around, Greg and his crew were packing up their things when the fight picked right back up. Hmm. The Hungerfords brought their shotguns this time, however. Armed with a single revolver, Greg was no match for the brothers as soon as the first gunshots rang out, leaving Greg full of upwards of 80 rounds of buckshot and oh. birdshot. Wow. He died shortly after while being transported by wagon in search of medical care. Wow. After the murder, the brothers rode into town and turned themselves into the local sheriff. The story of the murder quickly became a major point of public interest, and the trial, which began on October 26, 1899, was no exception. Overall, the public was not happy with the brothers, and initially Henry Hungerford was convicted of second-degree murder by Judge Ballard. But given the fact that the murder trials, I mean, murder trials in general were very uncommon at this time. Mm, okay. Murder was not a super, I mean, it was probably more common than we'd realize because probably sure. easier to get away with. Right. But it right, did not right. go to trial like it does today. Yeah. In the same, to the same degree. Yeah. This is kind of Wild Westy kind of time. A, a, a little, little bit, bit. Yeah. A little bit past that or right around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it's one of those things that's like, I feel like people got away with it. Mm-hmm. Full stop. <laughs> totally. Totally. Well, and like, because it was such an uncommon thing, there was question if the conviction was just, or if it was just to appease the public. Mm. And so a new trial was granted at this trial due to lack of evidence to prove the murder beyond a reasonable doubt. Both of the Hungerfords were released and cleared of all charges. Wow. After the Black Star Hmm. Mining Company closed down in the early 1900s, the government worked to figure out a new function for the canyon. The next venture of the canyon was the construction of the Black Star Canyon Road that was intended to connect Orange County and Riverside County through the Santa Ana Mountains, given the up-and-coming popularity of, like, motorized vehicles and, like, wanting to, you know, create more Mm -hmm. travelable roads. So the locals were not thrilled about this development. By the late 1920s, the nine-foot-wide dirt road was complete. The road itself was not the safest construction in the world and would often be completely inoperable whenever heavy rains or wildfires occurred. Hmm. And even when it was operational, it was still a hazardous path, and it was so isolated from any level of actual civilization that people who were in accidents or needed any kind of help while attempting to navigate the road would pretty much be up a creek without a paddle. Sometime in the 1930s, a man, his wife, and their friend were in a car accident on the road, which resulted in the severe injury of the friend and the wife. The man who was the driver at the time had to crawl, injured and dazed, for two full miles just to tell the nearest person about the incident. Wow. 
By the time help arrived, the friend had died and the wife was barely clinging to life due to the severity of her injuries Hmm. and the time she'd had to spend waiting for Uh help to arrive. So really not a great road. No. Like the end goal of connecting to kind of major communities Mm -hmm. was not very well achieved. Yeah. (laughs) They were just... Correct. It just kind of was there. Yes. hmm. Okay. Over the years, various other projects were proposed for the area, such as turning it into a reservoir or into an aqueduct, but none of these projects would come to fruition. Eventually, a large metal gate was put up to block parts of the Black Star Canyon Road from the public due to how difficult it was to ensure its safe way of travel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As time marched on, the area saw many natural disasters. Record-breaking rainfall in February of 1969 gave way to dangerous flooding in the area, which killed and displaced many residents from their homes. Mudslides have been a frequent enough occurrence over the course of many decades, and despite the beauty of the area, it can be a very unforgiving place to live and explore if the weather conditions are like just so. Hmm. Given the tragedies that follow in the wake of natural disasters, many people also speculate that some of the paranormal activity could be at least partially explained away as coming from the souls who lost their homes and lives over the years. There's also a high amount of limestone deposits in the canyon, and paranormal enthusiasts like to speculate that perhaps there's some residual negative energy And, like, the negative energy that lingers there could be being kind of held in place by the limestone deposits. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to be really honest and say that I don't understand how all that kind of stuff works. Yeah. I'm not well-versed in that. And so if we have a listener who is, I would love to gain some insight into it. Yeah. Because that is a very interesting thing to kind of put out there. So right, right. just keep moving. Over the years, the canyon has become a place where young people go to do young people things. While this hmm. usually consists of mostly harmless fun, from time to time, things have gotten out of hand and people have gotten seriously hurt or worse. In 2001, a group of teenagers were attacked and assaulted by young members of the LTK crew. Accidental deaths in the old mine have also occurred. And sometime in the 1980s, this is where it's going to start picking up, Hmm. rumors of a satanic cult operating in the area began to swirl. Young people claimed to see mysterious men in long, dark robes, unexplained fires, as well as remnants of rituals, such as bloody objects, animal skulls and carcasses, cult imagery, and melted black candles. Hmm. While these claims aren't fully verified at this time, there are verifiable documents and stories coming from a member of the Illuminated Brotherhood, more often referred to as the Illuminati, that did confirm that (laughs) there is a meeting place in Southern California, and at some point it was pushed into Black Canyon sometime after the population and urbanization kind of overran their former meeting place. Wow. Like they would go from places in portions of Europe Mm -hmm. and also portions of California. And that would be where they would hold certain ceremonies. So wait, this is, uh, so this is, my brain is about to get like kind of blown here, I think. So the Illuminated Brotherhood, that's an actual thing. Mm -hmm. The Illuminati is an actual thing thing like people meet for illuminati meetings it's not just like a joke that like beyonce is in the illuminati right 
Like that's like an actual thing for real. So I'm going to be really honest. Okay. Yes. But I don't know as much about it as I do about like the Freemasons and other groups. Okay. And so I could totally do some reading and figure that out. Maybe we'll do like a little bonus episode on that at some point. Yeah. We also haven't covered any cults yet. So maybe we need to do that. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting one because yeah, yeah, we've talked about, uh, it makes me kind of think of like the men in black, mm-hmm. which is that like, blew your mind. That blew my mind. <laughs> that was like, Oh wait, this is like a real, this isn't just like, just like a made up story. This is like a, a thing that people have claimed they've seen. Yes. Uh, and so the illuminated brotherhood, is the same kind of deal. It's right. I don't know if how we perceive Illuminati like ideas today Mm -hmm. is consistent. Okay. With illuminated brotherhood. I don't know how consistent it is because I just haven't looked into it. Sure. But But I will a thing. Yes. That's crazy. I have made a vow in this moment and I've (laughs) recorded it and published it to the world that I will look into it for you. Yes. (laughs) That's what I want to know. Cause that just caught my attention. Yeah. Also you pointed out, 1980s and there's this fear of the satanic, satanic panic yes. yes i was just thinking that this is like like uh not that it's not legit right out of the gate but it is one of those things it's like well that was there were a lot of people that were afraid of that yeah right around that same time so it's, it's interesting that that comes up right it is then. interesting timing mm-hmm. i i will definitely agree with that Others have confirmed Freemason meetings and other more obscure cults have held some kind of formal gathering in Black Star in recent history. So there's at least a little meat to the rumors. Hmm. Like there have been confirmed like specific meetings there. Yes. Another alleged witness claimed that he and his friends stumbled upon a satanic ritual in the canyon where members stood around a chalk pentagram and black candles as all of the members of the group chanted something that they couldn't understand. Mm. The pair of witnesses quickly fled the scene, and when they made it to their car, there was a note on the windshield warning them to leave and never come back. Another group said to host cross burnings and initiation ceremonies in Black Star is none other other than the KKK. Oh, like for yeah. real, the KKK. And oh. I mean, some sources have not necessarily confirmed, but have wondered aloud if some of the more horrifying. KKK practices have taken place in the canyon. Mm. It would not be shocking yeah. if if some like this is a pretty isolated place that it's not crowded with a bunch of people. There would be a lot of places mm-hmm. to hide bodies yeah. and that kind of thing. And so wow. there's a lot of speculation about other potential KKK operations going on. Wow. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And so I think it's time. Let's move on to some of the, like, legends of the area. Okay. Okay. And, like, the things that kind of give the place the haunted reputation that it has. So let's start first with talking about alleged sightings of La Llorona, a fixture in Mexican and Latin American oh, folklore. Yeah. So the La Llorona legend likely made its way into the area when Spanish and Mexican settlers came in to the land in the late 1790s and early 1800s. And at some point we will do a full episode about her. Hmm. And actually we have at least one listener who, Erica, who has said, Oh my gosh, if you do an episode on La Llorona, let me know. My husband has a story. Oh, fun. Okay. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's really scary and I'm intrigued. But I feel like we do need to give like, I'm not going to go fully in depth now, but I'll give a little bit of an overview of her story. And there's also like, second disclaimer, sorry. There's a lot of diversity in the legend itself mm-hmm. and like the how she operates what she looks like and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But generally speaking, La Llorona or the weeping woman is an apparition of a woman who is typically pictured in a white bridal gown with long flowing hair. She can be heard or seen weeping and wailing loudly in grief, a curse she put upon herself after she drowned her children and then herself in a fit of intense grief. Hmm. Because of this horrible act, La Llorona was locked out of heaven and was cursed to spend eternity searching the lands for her lost children. Oh, heartbreaking. sad origin story. What was the lady in Leap Castle? Wasn't there that one lady? yes. I just want to like... Be friends with her. Like, yeah. Put the knife down. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. We can just be friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that. So there's a well located somewhere within the canyon where she is said to lurk and will appear from time to time as a beautiful woman with the head of a horse. Hmm. She'll like transform into a horse headed monster. Ooh. Witnesses who get too close risk getting dragged into the well and drowned by La Llorona with only the sound of their own screams mixing with her pained wails to keep them company as they meet their grisly end. Oh my gosh, that took a crazy turn. I know, just a sharp left. (laughs) So like I said, there are many variations of the La Llorona story, her origins and her function, but there have been multiple eyewitness reports of an apparition matching the description of La Llorona and Blackstar. Wow. So I'm definitely going to have to do a full episode on her. Another very famous figure said to call Black Star Canyon home is Santiago Sam. Hmm. Santiago Sam is a Bigfoot-like creature that has been seen in the Santa Ana Mountains and in Black Star over the course of a few decades. Based off of a photo captured by rangers, Santiago Sam is believed to be around five foot, two inches tall, making him the shortest Bigfoot ever recorded. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I have heard about this. this is, that's amazing. <laughs> it is. Given his stature, many believe that he's able to hide away in trees and brush much easier than his taller brothers and sisters. But even <laughs> though he's short, footprints that he's left behind measure consistently at 20 inches. Wow. So he's got big old feet. Yeah, he does. My True to his namesake. Yes. Santiago Sam has been reported on four separate occasions by four separate rangers. Oh, wow. Yes. So these As, aren't just random guests that are, there are that snuck in. There are those, but I think there's something about rangers being like, I can't identify this thing I saw. Yes. Yeah. And then putting on an official report. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. So 
here's the deal. And I'm going to tell you. Okay. Okay. The infamous photo of Santiago Sam has raised a lot of red flags for a lot of people. Skeptics and believers of Bigfoot agree that the creature in the photograph is most likely a bear with mange and not the legendary cryptid. Mm. There are also speculations about if the photo was even taken in the Black Star Canyon at all. Oh, okay. It's like one of those things where I deeply want to believe. (laughs) I want to believe every Bigfoot sighting, like with my whole heart, because I love the stories and lore surrounding Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of honesty, the photo really does raise red flags. It does not look like an unidentified cryptid. Fair. But I am sure, you know, also same vein, many of the sightings probably can be explained away as bears and Mm -hmm. other large mammals, but the footprints and various reports from witnesses over the years do keep the faintest spark of Santiago Sam's existence alive in the hearts of many believers. Wow. So I'm going to give it to him. (laughs) Another cryptid sighting. I love these guys. So another cryptid sighting is that of the black star waddlers. The waddlers. The waddlers. Like little penguins. They just kind of waddle around. That is actually the other name for them. (laughs) But they're not penguins. That's funny. Okay. In January of 1995, a teenager by the name of Robert Lawrence was hunting with a friend in Blackstar when something caught their eye. There, in an exposed area of the canyon, was a group of small humanoid creatures. Described as roughly two feet tall and black or dark in coloration, the creatures proceeded to waddle in an orderly formation down the hillside, stopping in regular intervals at the exact same time. (laughs) Which is just delightful. That is delightful. A group of creatures matching the description of the Black Star Waddlers were reported again in 1998 by another group of hunters. But since that sighting, from what I could find, there hasn't been any other notable reports of the creatures. But many places around the world have also reported seeing miniature human, humanoid-ish mm, yeah. creatures that travel in groups very much like the waddlers. And so if these were in fact some weird little monsters that actually exist, these ones wouldn't be the first or last mm. of their kind to be reported on. Interesting. So it could just be some kind of elves. Totally. <laughs> I hope so. Maybe not. Ooh. Or sprites. Or... We haven't done a Fey episode yet. Yeah. I don't know what they would be doing all the way in... In a canyon in California. Well, but they can be anywhere. That's true. They don't have to be hmm. in the magical forest, the woodlands, or anything like that. They can they can be in the desert. I mean, yeah. Well, There's not. also woods in Blackstar Canyon, That's so true. why not? Yeah. So along with these sightings, there are also droves of eyewitness accounts of strange pulsating lights and objects in the sky in the early morning hours. Oh, yes. I knew you'd be excited (laughs) about the aliens. Many people also report seeing things in their periphery only to turn and see nothing there. And others have reported the feeling of being watched and followed after seeing the pulsating lights in the sky. Mm. Hikers also tend to kind of casually disappear for a short period of time, and they generally reappear somewhere around 3 a.m. Ooh. The witching hour. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. As recently as 2016, a 19-year-old hiker was reported missing only to be found precariously perched on a cliff's edge. Thankfully, she was rescued and only suffered minor scrapes and bruises from her ordeal. Wow. Other hikers claim, yeah, sorry, I forgot to put the time. They found her shortly before 3 a.m. Okay. So... Interesting. Just randomly. Wow. Yes. Hmm. Other hikers claim that even though they frequent the canyon, that the trail is always in a slightly different location each time they visit. Hmm. And there's always a common theme throughout these stories. 
While the canyon is lovely and peaceful during the day, it's a nightmare in full bloom as soon as the sun sets. Hmm. Wow. Frequenters of the canyon, as well as one-off visitors, have reported being harassed by a local man by the name of Art Tuttle. Oh. To some, Art is just a local man fed up with teenagers being loud and vandalizing the land near his property that's close to the canyon. Mm -hmm. But to others, he's something of a madman intent on catching and harming anyone who should wander too close for comfort. Oh, wow. Is this like an actual man? Like Actual man. People, wow, this like, is a real dude who lives there. Got a rap sheet and everything. Wow, okay. In 2004, Art was arrested for pulling a gun on a woman walking in the canyon with her dog. <laughs> He's not the only one, though. Another local man, William Stutter, otherwise referred to as Black Star Bill, is the subject of many visitors' horror stories over the years. Black Star Bill is known to chase hikers and bikers in his pickup truck, and one poster online claimed that he and his 12-year-old son were pretty much ran off the road by Black Star Bill in his truck. Oh, mm-hmm. that's definitely a little creepy and terrifying. Yeah, so he's particularly angered by anyone who ventures down the gated-off Black Star Canyon Road, with some witnesses stating that they've been chased by Bill on an ATV while he waved a gun around. And in some instances, he attempted to sick packs of dogs on unassuming hikers. Since the mid-2000s, reports of Art and Bill have slowed down considerably, but there's always at least a slight chance that one of them might be there, Mm. watching and waiting for the perfect targets. Oh, man. So these two grumpy locals aren't the only ones who are less than keen about visitors of any kind. In June of 2004, 52-year-old Henry Brown made his way to the canyon. Nobody knows how or why he ended up there, but even still, Henry seemed to have felt a sort of call to the canyon. Hmm. Early one morning in early June, a local woman named Connie Mahaffey was in her home when she noticed a man peering into her windows. Oh, that's creepy. The man turned out to be Henry. She went outside to tell him that she saw him creeping around outside and he needed to leave. Later that night, while Connie was at a shooting range with a friend, the pair were suddenly stunned by two gunshots that blazed past them, barely missing them both. After the two friends escaped, they quickly reported the incident to police who launched a search for the assailant, but no one could be located. Two days later, workers at a recycling center in the canyon were suddenly being shot at by an unseen sniper. At least 15 shots were fired from some hidden place, grazing one worker in the arm and barely missing several others. Oh my gosh. Fortunately, nobody was seriously injured or killed at this time, but they were forced to flee into the trees for coverage until police arrived. After a four-hour-long shootout in the canyon between Henry and police, including police in a helicopter that received a barrage of bullet holes and an injured pilot to boot, Henry was shot and killed by authorities. Henry, what are you doing? Nobody knows why he decided to do this, but his mother has confirmed that he had suffered from a mental health diagnosis that was very well managed with medication. And so she and many others do wonder if he had stopped taking his medication Mm -hmm. at the time that he committed these actions. Wow. So that's another very dramatic, very tragic situation. Yeah. Wow. To happen in the canyon. That's crazy. Well, and and the, the, the drawing to the area mm-hmm. when someone is I think he came from, from like San Antonio like as a oh, sidebar. Wow. He like so came he, like, a far came away. A long way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that makes a huge difference. Cause he just randomly felt drawn to that place. Mm-hmm. Whether he was in his right mind or not, like that's 
that's notable that he would drive a thousand miles for that. I agree. Totally. Hmm. Another major subject of local lore is that of the abandoned school bus found turned on its side in the canyon. According to local legend, in the 1970s, a bus driver lost control of the bus while attempting to navigate the perilous road and crashed into the canyon. The accident allegedly killed every person on board, including the school children that it was said to have been transporting. And it remained there to rot for more than 40 years until it was removed in 2013. Oh, this is like, this isn't just a legend. This is like a legit bus is there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Visitors to the site of the crash have reported seeing small handprints pressing against the bus windows from the inside, as well as the feeling of tiny childlike hands pushing them from behind, as well as the sounds of children's whispers and laughter when it was clear that no children were present at all. <laughs> Since the bus was removed from the crash site, these reports have stopped almost completely. Whoa. Ooh, I just got goosebumps. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, there have also creepy. been, sorry, am I good? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there have also been many eyewitness accounts of a woman in white seen out of the corner of the eye in the canyon. She's usually seen crying and only in your periphery, but witnesses that claim to have looked at her straight on describe a feeling of being absolutely frozen in fear, color drained from their own faces as they stared directly at the weeping apparition. Mm. Others report hearing the sounds of primal growling, screaming, whispers, chanting, and footsteps behind them on the path. These sounds are sometimes accompanied by sightings of shadowy forms that are fast moving that will trail behind hikers and are known to even aggressively charge at them. Mm, That's creepy. Referred to as a paranormal grab bag by experts who have studied the area, the question remains as to how and why a single place can be home to so many nightmarish sights and sounds. Many people who have looked into the bizarre activity at Black Star have noted that due to its bloody past, that perhaps some type of portal or vortex has been opened that Mm -hmm. allows the restless spirits who were killed there to roam around for any number of purposes. In the instance of the Native American apparitions, the intention could be vindication or revenge. With La Llorona, it could be the result of a curse or of grief. Mm -hmm. For other apparitions, it could be due to the unrest caused by experiencing a sudden death all too soon. But while we have no definitive answers, what we do have is quite a bit of enthusiasm from different types of people who have had different experiences in the canyon. There are tons of incredible stories that people have shared about their experiences in Black Star on sites like YouTube and Reddit, and it was very hard to figure out which one I wanted to share. But I decided to share a portion of one that I found on Reddit. Mm, okay. So, of course, you have to take these things with a grain of salt, but this story really did stick out to me. Yeah. So a user by the name of you slash Jason underscore Dalton opened up the post by sharing some of the background of the location, as well as their personal connection to the place. The post read, in part, quote, Warning, don't go into Black Star Canyon. If you are currently living in California, do not go into Black Star Canyon. I'm beginning to become convinced it's really dangerous. During the day, it's a popular hiking trail. It's got bike paths, a cool waterfall, the works. At night, it becomes something entirely different. Just because of the rumors, most reasonable people would stay away. And high schoolers and college students mostly come just to do stupid dares with their friends. Haunted or not, generally a good idea to steer clear at night. Mm -hmm. I've only been a few times. Normally, I take all of the rumors with a giant grain of salt. I'm not really one for superstition. 
Though at night, even without the ghost stories, the place is chilling. Because of the way the canyon is shaped, you can hear a pin drop it's so quiet. Mm. Until the wind. When a gust of wind blows through, it howls like you've never heard. So why am I telling you all of this? Last night was my last time going there. I'll just tell you all what happened. That's the only way to do it justice, really. Because it's about Halloween time, my friends and I got the idea to go down into the canyon at night, mostly just for the chills. We decided to walk down to the old school bus. So we drove down to the mouth of the trail where there's a big rusted gate to stop any cars from driving further. So we parked, got out, and climbed under the gate to continue onto the trail. We were a group of three college guys, so we weren't too worried about anyone trying to mess with us. We began to walk down the main trail with our flashlights towards the school bus. I'd actually never been that far in the canyon before, but I wasn't all that scared. We mostly joked and threw rocks into nearby bushes to try and freak each other out. Everything was going pretty well until we actually got to the bus. As we got further and further into the canyon, the air got colder and colder. Mm -hmm. The wind started howling, except this time it was way colder than usual. I had to tuck my arms between my sides to keep warm, and our breath became visible and cloudy in the air, which is pretty rare in October in California. Hmm. We finally could see the bus from a distance with our flashlights. It's tipped over against a tree, grown over with weeds, and heavily graffitied. We all had the chills. Knowing the story and standing there in the pitch dark was frightening for anyone. We all just stood there looking at the corpse of the old school bus. None of us really had much to say. When we had enough of it, we turned back, and that's when the night started to go sour. As we made our way far enough from the bus that it was practically out of sight, all three of us began to hear moaning. It sounded like kids trying to gasp for air. We assumed it was the wind and kept walking until a bright light started blinking. It was like it was coming from the headlights of the bus, only that was impossible. Yeah, The headlights had been gone for years. At this point, we decided someone was messing with us, but we didn't want to find out. My two friends urged me to keep walking, but I felt pulled to the bus. Oh, no. The noises coming from the area were drawing me in. I wanted to leave with every bone in my body, but I felt physically compelled to go back. The headlights kept flashing on, off, on, off. It was hypnotizing. I don't even know how to properly describe it. Eventually, I snapped out of it and began walking much more quickly back to the car with my friends. No one was talking. What were those lights? Mm. In my mind, I rationalized that it was probably some other kids with flashlights, but I'm doubting that now. As we got about halfway back to the car, I noticed someone following us from a distance. What looked like a man was standing about 100 yards behind us, motionless. I guessed he must be a jogger or someone out for a late night run, but I knew that wasn't true. Yeah, that's way too, that's way too creepy. I know. (laughs) Oh no. I didn't tell my friends about him. We were all creeped out enough and he wasn't threatening us. Hmm. But every time I looked behind me, it seemed he had inched closer to us. I tried to ignore him. Finally, we could see the car again and I just wanted to get back. When we had finally made it, my friends began to climb into the car when they noticed the man too. Mm -hmm. Now he was standing right at the edge of the gate. It was too dark to see any of his features, but I took a few steps toward him with my flashlight and asked him if he needed something from us. When my light hit him, I froze. He looked nearly identical to me. Oh, no. Same hair, same face, same clothes, 
only a little taller and sickly looking like a real life doppelganger. He was giving me the thousand meter stare. His dead eyes locked right onto mine. I slowly backed away and ran to the car. I didn't even know what to say to my friends. I just saw myself. Or did I? I just told them everything was okay, but we should probably get going. They sped out back onto the streets, and even though we had gotten our distance from the doppelganger, I still didn't feel totally safe. I've heard lots of rumors about things that happen in Black Star's woods, but this phenomenon was new to me. Mm -hmm. But that's not even the weirdest part. When I got home from class this evening, I had a Facebook notification. It was from my ex. She lives in a town called Redacted. I just decided to redact it. Sure. Uh, We hadn't talked in months, and so it was kind of weird. The message read, hey, what were you doing in Kodo last night? Here's the thing. I wasn't. Mm. So she saw him elsewhere, and he wasn't there. I'm debating filing a police report. I haven't even responded to the message yet. The last thing I want is other people getting involved. I'm just not sure, though. I don't even know if I'm perceiving everything right. All I do know is don't go into those woods. I hope this is all over. I'll update you if anything develops, end quote. And this poster never made another post again from what I could find. This (laughs) user made this one post and never so much as commented on another Reddit post ever again. Wow. This is either the scariest thing that I have ever read or an incredibly believable tall tale. And there are countless more just like it if you do enough digging around. Hmm. One of the most noteworthy groups that I would consider to be kind of the current expert source for the canyon is called OC Ghosts and Legends. Since 2011, this group has dedicated their efforts towards cracking the code on the secrets that the canyon holds, and they offer many educational events and even ghost tours for those brave enough to venture into the canyon. (laughs) So you kind of get your typical nature trail warnings, such as being aware of various dangerous species of wildlife in the area and poison oak and things like that. Mm -hmm. But you also get kind of the, it's not quite as strong as a warning, but like the heads up that you're going to run into cold spots. Mm -hmm. Let me know if that happens. (laughs) That kind of thing. (laughs) Look out for owls. Those are a really bad omen out here. That kind of thing. And you just might be lucky enough to get to experience seeing one of the many spirits said to lurk just out of sight. Mm. While the site is open to the public, it's advised to travel wisely and to plan accordingly because once night falls, there's no telling what is there watching and waiting for you. And if you happen upon a version of yourself silently stalking you on the trail, run. And that is what I have for you today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was really going for the spook Ooh, at the end. Yes. I don't care if like literally nobody else got spooked. I got you. That one. Yes. That's spooky. <laughs> I... Ooh, okay. Wow. That's a great uh that first of all, that Reddit user uh thank you if you ever hear this for sharing that because that is like you said that is on one hand uh an incredibly believable tall tale and good job telling a great spooky story. I know. And on the other hand, a very valuable warning. Oh my gosh. I don't ever want to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and even like you can watch people's uh, hikes and stuff like day hikes, night hikes on Mm -hmm. YouTube. And there are so many commenters that will share their experience and will literally say, Oh, I have zero doubt in my mind. Here's what I experienced. Mm. And they tell the craziest stories just like so scary. And you know, of course 
there's like a level of skepticism that's healthy, of yeah, course. Yeah. But once again, what's the fun in that? <laughs> I just love to suspend disbelief and believe every single like eyewitness story that these people share because it just adds to the yeah. vibe of yeah. the place to yeah. me. The legend is already very dense and you when you suspend disbelief in that way, you're you're saying, Yeah, I'm going to enjoy the legend or, you know, be afraid of legend, however, however you really want to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're, you're choosing to participate kind of in the lore that exists. And that's fun. When you almost feel like a level of connection, when you like you stumble upon somebody's story, you know, yeah, like, Oh, we're watching, we watched the same YouTube video. We're interested in this topic, Mm -hmm. the same exact topic. And you're sharing your experience with it. You know? Yeah. There's something always intriguing about that to me. It's very, communal. Yeah. Wow. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the unusual, unsettling, and unsavory story today. Unsettling. The very tail end, especially unsettling. Mm -hmm. A lot of unsettling little details. Oh my gosh, you have to take the trash out tonight. (gasps) You're going to have to go outside in dark. Well, luckily, there's a lot of light outside. We're fine. Oh no. (laughs) I think it'll be okay, babe. I'm freaked out. (laughs) I don't want you to go. <laughs> All right. I'll just get up really early in the morning and do it then. Uh, well, if you uh, enjoy this episode, please make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss any other episodes. And please leave a glowing five-star review on your favorite listening platform. It helps other people find this podcast. Also, make sure that you follow us on social media. We are on Instagram and TikTok at This One Is A Doozy. And on Facebook, This One's A Doozy Podcast. You can also connect with us more directly over on Patreon, my love. How and why should they do that? Yes. So for $5 a month, you can support what we're doing on our show. You can help us create more content. And all patrons will get access to polls where you can vote on things such as episode topics. And also, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, you can help us decide which uh, organization we'll be supporting each month. Hmm. And you also get ad-free content, all of our episodes uh, ad free, as well as Patreon exclusive bonus episodes that are available nowhere else besides Patreon. That's true. That's a steal of a deal for five dollars. Yes, and those bonus episodes are really good. Yeah, I've enjoyed every single one of this them. This last week's story was bonks. Yes. Yeah. Well, with that, we will see you next week for another doozy. Thank you. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.